I know that there are elements of this whole coronavirus thing that are scary. The uncertainty is unsettling. But there's another side of this that is actually super, forgive the term, healthy. And 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 I, I hate to say it because some of you will think I'm crazy, but actually kind of exciting. And what I'm talking about is this cycle of disruption, right? And... What, I've just been thinking about it this week. I want to share with you what, I, what I've been thinking about. I, th- I, think you, I think you'll totally connect with it. And I think you can apply it to your personal life and to your organization, your business, your team. It's, it's a way to think about what's going on right now in our, in our world. And it really is happening around the world, isn't it? This whole coronavirus thing. So I want to share that with you. And I've got an announcement of an event that I, I, I hope that you're listening to this podcast when I release it and not a month or several weeks later. It's okay if you are, but um, I've got an event that's happening this week that I want to invite you to. So let's do it. Welcome in to episode number 48. This is the Decide to Lead podcast with Russ Hill. This is the podcast for those who've made the decision to lead and are looking for ideas on how to achieve and sustain results. It's all about influencing others. If you're a leader, it's not about the results you're delivering, right? It's about the results that your team is delivering. That's one of the most one of the most misunderstood changes, by the way, that happens when we get into leadership. It's no longer about our contribution, it's about the contribution of our team. That's another episode though. My name's Russ Hill, and this little podcast is for folks who are um, who are trying to survive <laughs> right now. That's what it's about, isn't it? I'm laughing. I don't know why I'm laughing because it's so dang serious for so many of us. There are parts of the world right now, as I'm recording this, in the uh, in the middle of, of March 2020, where the coronavirus has taken over the world. Italy's in lockdown. New York City's getting close to a lockdown. San Francisco is in a lockdown. San Diego's gone there. Schools are canceled everywhere. Anyway, it's just such an interesting, interesting time, an exciting time, an uncertain time, and a frightening time, depending on who you are, where you are, what's going on in your life. Uh, Certainly nothing matters more right now than wishing those people who who have tested positive for the coronavirus, wishing them a positive, speedy recovery, and... um, and our hearts are with the people who think they might have it or who have concerns or for some reason aren't at home right now, can't get home due to flight restrictions or whatever else might be going on. Our our thoughts, our prayers are with you. Um, that's certainly foremost in all of our minds. And beyond that, after we get past those those important and serious concerns, you know, it um, you start thinking about what this op- what this moment provides the opportunity really that it provides and i want to get into that in just a moment but i got a quick announcement i got to make you aware of this week the week of um what the crud is the date it is march 17th it's a tuesday this when or this thursday this thursday march 19th um our firm is launching a series of live what we call live onlines they're free they're 30 minutes it's a virtual session and this Thursday, myself and my colleague, Jared Jones, who's a good friend of mine, we are hosting the meeting. It's on Zoom. And the topic is, well, the topic of the series, we're doing a series of these live onlines over the next uh, couple of weeks. 
every other day, every Tuesday and Thursday, starting this Thursday, March 19th, at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 o'clock Pacific. And um, in the show notes, you'll I'll put the link to register for that event. Again, it's free. It's 30 minutes. And it, by registering, even if you can't make the time, I had some people direct message me today on LinkedIn saying, hey, Russ, I'm in Singapore or, hey, Russ, I'm in London. I can't make that time. It doesn't work for me, that time zone. That's all right. Still register for it because we'll send you the replay later so you can you can watch it later. But the, the, this series is titled um, Leading Through Uncertainty. That's kind of the that's the series title of these live online that we're going to be doing, Leading Through Uncertainty. And our first one this this Thursday, March 19th, Jared and I are going to be talking for 30 minutes, and we've got some senior executives of Fortune 500 companies that are going to be joining us live as kind of panelists and guests for part of it. We've got some things we want to show you based on learning that happened after 2000, the market crash of 2008, and in the days after 9/11. What you know, what determined whether a company and an individual came out of that those periods of disruption stronger? or severely um, set back. We're going to be sharing with you um, observations and learning from that. And the title of, of Thursday's session is Choosing Accountability Amid Disruption. So the link is in the show notes. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, just go into the app where you're listening to this and swipe up. And you'll see the show notes, the details, and the links right there. You can click, register right on your phone. It's super easy. It'll take you about... 20 seconds if you're in spotify they don't let you have the link so you're going to have to well i'll try to put the link in and then you copy and paste it's a little bit more complicated in spotify and some of the other apps but um i'll put the link in the show notes if you want to register we'd love to have you there's the one this thursday and if you're listening to this next week we've got them on tuesday and thursday next tuesday sessions called managing or leading culture remotely how do you lead your culture when suddenly everybody's at home, you're working out of a home office, or you've sent half of the team, um, you know, they're not working right now. Whatever whatever your situation might be, that's what we're going to be talking about next Tuesday. So I'm super excited that we've, we've made these happen, and um, we've already got hundreds. I think the last number I got updated was we were closing in on 500 for the uh, for the session that are already registered within 24 hours of us announcing it. Um, we've already got over 500 people registered for this Thursday, so I'd love to have you you in there. We're expecting a pretty big crowd. It's going to be awesome. Okay, let's get to this week's uh, this week's show topic, though, here on the podcast. So I've been thinking over the last 24, 48 hours since I released the week, you know, the, the, the podcast episode over the weekend, the special edition, right as all of this was crashing around us and with the coronavirus, I've been thinking about... Well, what what are the positive aspects? You know, they're all the concerning and uncertain aspects of what we're going through as a world right now. But what what are the positive aspects of this? And I I I think there definitely are some. And and I do believe that the world has changed. I believe that each one of these disruptions, 9/11, the 08 market crash, whatever whatever it might be where you live in the world, whatever whatever disruptions have happened, and they seem to happen every five to ten years. And when they do, what what do we learn from it? And one of my one of my beliefs is, you know, you have these permanent changes in the way we think and act, and in our society after each one of these disruptions. And right now, we I think I know a few of the 
permanent changes. You, we ought to talk about it, right? I think I think virtual meetings, virtual education is going to skyrocket after this. I think that um, families are going to be stronger, quite honestly. I mean, being being quarantined at home is either going to destroy your family if it's super unhealthy, right? Or it's going to it's going to strengthen it. And I'm a I'm a person of faith, and I actually believe that that's that that that's a spiritual aspect to this that. If you believe in a higher power, if you believe in God like I do, I actually believe that that's one side benefit of this is that we're we're all around the world. Everyone's being sent where right now? Home. And who's at home? Our loved ones, our family. If we live alone, we're probably likely trying to get to the home of our family, our brothers, our sisters, mom and dad, whomever, our kids. And so that's a positive aspect of it. I think another permanent change of this will be you know some of our health some things in our how concern how uh careful we are in different areas of spreading illness i i think actually the flu may go down in the years to come because of some of the some of the precautions we're going to take i hope the germaphobe side of this doesn't last forever but i think some of the more sensible precautions we're all taking right now i think would be we would be benefited benefit from those long lasting so that you could go through this long list right start making a list of the things you think are going to change permanently and i've named just a few of the ones i've been thinking about my my list is probably 10 to 15 items long one what's interesting is as these disruptions take place in our society what what happens is they kill the status quo the these disruptions absolutely force status quo to die so anything that we've been doing just to do it or some of those things that are routine for us they go away they don't survive so what does survive well what survives is innovation so just think right now think about a grocery store if you've invested in the last few years as a grocery store in online delivery and order pickup right to where I can just pull up my car into the parking lot and you bring the groceries out to me if I've if you as a grocery store now take away all the shortage of supplies right now because that's a hopefully a real temporary thing as um, everyone's rushed the grocery stores but you take that away the, the grocery stores that have invested in delivery and I don't know what you call it but the app app orders and and pick up from the parking lot those grocery stores are going to do much better than those that have resisted investing, innovating, thinking differently in um, in in those areas. Think about think about o- online shopping. Walmart has spent a fortune. Do, Amazon has just absolutely disrupted the retail space, right? And so it's caused companies like Walmart and so and lots of others to consider: Well, should we invest more? in on in in delivery should we build factories and systems to where we can ship items and get them delivered in two days or less too can we can we do those sorts of things and walmart for one is i mean they've 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 purchased robot technology in their warehouses all these things that are happening and how do you think they're feeling about that investment right now like hugely grateful right because what do you think Walmart's online orders are doing right now compared to their in-store purchases? You've got to think their online orders are skyrocketing. Now, think about restaurants, those that have invested in apps, those that have invested in 
order pickup. You know, I love Firehouse Subs. There's other places like Jersey Mike's or some of these sandwich shops or Panera, you know, some of these national chains in the U.S. at least. And you order on the app and you just walk in. You never even really interact with anyone. You pick out your cup. It's sitting there. Your to-go cup, your orders. You don't there, – there's no friction in that purchase. How do you think Panera is feeling about their investment in that technology right now? When in, 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 in uh, restaurant dining has just been banned in a lot of places – and a lot of people are uncomfortable with it. Do you think they're grateful for their investment? Do you think the person who was sitting in their meetings a year ago, three years ago going, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we should invest those millions of dollars. Look, I don't know what the return's going to be. We, we're still doing more. We're doing more business in, in restaurant dining than we are in, in online order pickup. I don't know if we should be investing in that. What What's the ROI on that right now? The people who said that in a meeting right now are are humiliated. The people who have been arguing in corporations or businesses for status quo, who've been, I'm passionate about this actually, because it gets gets on my nerves. I can't stand it when people in organizations argue or defend status quo. It's just not acceptable when you have consumers that are changing so quick. And then you have events like this one. If If you've lived for more than a minute, and if you, you were alive and an adult in, in, in 9-11 and you were an adult in 2008 when that market crash happened or fill the blank in of the other disruptions that have happened in the U.S. and globally in the last two decades. If you were around for those, haven't you learned the lesson that the only sure thing you can you can know of in this economy, in this marketplace, in life are disruptions my dad taught me as I was growing up, anticipate the detours. Anticipate the detours. Don't be surprised by them. Know they're coming. You might not know what they're going to look like, but plan for it. I'm so grateful for learning that as a teenager, having that pounded in my head. And uh, it's really helped me as a, as a human being in my, my relationships with others. Anticipate the detours. And in my business interactions, my professional career. So the status disruptions, here's the point, you all. Disruptions kill the status quo. And so with all the crud that's going on and all the concerns we have, can we just for a moment pause and be grateful for that? And and think about how true that is and how and and commit to ourselves to not be a defender of the status quo in whatever organization we work in, lead, or own. And and this investment, you all, in, in, in innovation, it pays off in moments of disruption. I've given you a couple of examples. You could give me more. And I, I think uh, I think of these fitness companies that, you know, I don't even know what they're called. You all would know better than I would. But I'm thinking I've got a colleague that, you know, his wife has this. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Sta- the old the way we used to call it, what we used to call it 20 years ago. I don't know if we, we still call it, you know, stationary bike. So she's got a cycle, right? Stationary cycle, bike, whatever. And it's got one of those TVs on it. And you've got the. The, 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 I don't even know how you do it, but you, you order like the service package. And so she dials into this live show or live event. It's kind of like a virtual meeting and they're all writing. It's like an online cycling class. How, 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 how brilliant are those people looking in right now? Because my gym, I don't know about yours, my gym closed its doors at noon today. 
I can't go work out there now. So all that equipment's locked away. For how long? Well, they said at least through April 1st, and it may be longer, right? So how about these companies that invested and innovated that way with the at-home? I mean, these these group fitness classes are all being canceled around the world, and yet here's one that's being – they've invested in the technology to do it virtually. How smart are they looking right now? So – my uh, my my uh, point in this episode this week is to talk about the value of innovation, and so I I would just encourage you, and I, I talked a little bit about this in episode 47 last, you know the, the 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 special episode I put out over the weekend. You uh, this is a moment to adapt. There I think there are two or three kinds of people right now. There there are the wait and see folks. We're going to talk about this in Thursday's live online event. We're going to go into much more detail. We're going to show you some models. We're going to put something up on the screen for you to to look at and print out to be able to talk to your team about. And it's this model we call Steps to Accountability. And it's below the line and above the line. And below the line is where you play the blame game. And in moments like this, you focus on all the things you can't control. And it's a demoralizing place to be, and it doesn't get you any closer to results. And so one of the types of people that exist right now is are the people I would call wait and see. They're just kind of chilling out, pulling back, kind of hanging with the kids at home. Yeah, work, quote unquote, working from home, but not really. Just kind of doing the bare minimum at home right now, getting by. And they're waiting this thing out and going to see when when things settle down. So they're just kind of chilling. Are they going to be better off when this storm passes, when this virus dies down? Not at all. In fact, they might find themselves in a very bad situation in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. They're bringing no value or very limited value in this moment of disruption. So the wait and see crowd, that's one choice we have to be in that crowd. Another crowd is to blame. I'm so I mentioned this in the last episode. I'm sorry. It's just I, I need some place to vent about it. I can't stand our news media right now. I turn on the conservative news media right now on television and on podcast and all they can talk about is how this coronavirus was dreamt up by the liberals that the trump haters made this it's the most ridiculous stupid thing i've ever heard in my life and by the way i'm I'm not i'm gonna make fun of the liberals here in a moment too so conservatives don't freak out on me i'm an equal opportunity offender on this but I, i i can't stand to listen like at night, sometimes I'll put my AirPod in when I lay down on my pillow if I'm having trouble sleeping and you know, my wife's already falling asleep or whatever. And I'll listen to some 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 different talk show hosts that I really like. And some of them lean conservative. I can't stand listening to them right now because all they do is for an hour or two or three just bash how the coronavirus was dreamt up by some Chinese spy who hates pre- – I mean, do people seriously believe that? I find that how can anyone rational believe that? And if you do, I apologize. So maybe I'm the idiot, but I can't believe that people believe that. And then on the liberal side, I can't turn on all these other news networks or talk shows without them talking about how it's President Trump's fault. And and they all they do, I, I tune in like tonight on my on satellite radio in my car. I tune on, tune in, and I'll call it out. I'm, I got CNN on, and I'm listening to CNN, and the first three minutes of this you know the the hour show kicks off i'm running some errands tonight i'll listen to it 
And they're playing clips of stupid stuff President Trump said two weeks ago about the, the coronavirus. I don't care. I, yes, okay, so he was wrong. And I'm not a Trump defender at all. I just, I just badmouth conservatives. Now I'm going to badmouth liberals. And, and all they can talk about is how this is Trump's fault. And Trump's an idiot. And he's getting everything wrong every day. And t- I don't care. You guys, I'm trying to keep my family healthy. I'm trying to keep my son in Australia. I'm trying to stay up to date with my son in Australia. I'm trying to keep income going. I'm trying to keep a business afloat. And so all these people, this this other category, another thing, you know, so you've got the wait and see people. And my long <laughs> my long rant about the politics of this are that you got this other category of finger pointers. And so in a moment of disruption, all they care about. They're not they're not waiting and seeing. They're going to tell you who to blame and whether it's the politics of coronavirus, which is so stupid. How many of you have an appetite for politics right now? I don't. Just give me the stinking facts and tell me how many people tested positive today. Tell me where it took place. Tell me how many tests are out there. Tell me what's working to, to battle this thing and what's not. This is not about Donald Trump or anybody else anyway. And so. So you got those people that all they can, all they care about in a moment like this is finger pointing. And then you've got this other crowd and they're looking at a moment like this and all they're concerned about is adapting, innovating, adjusting, because the world has changed, the market has changed and the customer's needs have changed. And so instead of putting all their energy to figuring out who to blame for the stupid virus or taking a wait-and-see approach, just chilling in the corner, eating a bag of chips, waiting for this thing to ride out, and then they'll figure out, they'll pop their head back up into the world and decide, oh, I still got a job, or oh, okay, I can go back to work. It's been three months. Instead of taking that approach, they are adapting. How, how can we adjust our business? How can I adjust what I do for a living? How can I change my skill set? What online course can I take right now? LinkedIn Learning just made a bunch of courses free about all kinds of things. You want to know how to run a remote meeting, a virtual meeting? LinkedIn's offering courses on that free right now. There's so much to learn and adapt. And my, my belief is so disruptions kill the status quo. And they reward innovation. In fact, I I need to say that even more effectively. Disruption kills the status quo and it accelerates innovation. Because there are conversations that have been taking place in your company for two years where you all have been debating something. And the market just changed and the world just changed. And now you know you've got total clarity on what what the right decision is. And so now you just accelerate it and you move faster. And that, 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 and what, maybe you're already going down that course and now you're moving faster down it because disruption accelerates innovation and adaption, uh, adapting to things and it kills status quo. So those are my thoughts for today. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for putting up with my rant. I know I ticked, I probably lost the entire podcast audience, right? No, I probably have like no listeners now because I ticked off all the conservatives and I ticked off all the liberals who's left, like me and three people in the middle. Um, look, I find value on, in all kinds of different political views. There's, there's things that the people on the left are saying that have value. There's things that people on the right are saying have value. All I really care about is trying to protect and strengthen my family 
make a living and help other people. That's at the end of the day, that's what I care about. I don't care about a party. I don't care about whose fault is who. I don't care about what who you are or what letter you got next to your name or what party you're. I don't care about any of that. I just care about what I said. And uh, this isn't a political talk show because for obvious reasons. Okay, if you haven't registered for that webinar and you're listening to this uh, in March, then uh, go to the link below and you can register for one of those live online events. I think you'll find tons of value in it. Otherwise, I love feedback from it directly. Uh, I love feedback ar- about this episode and any of these episodes. Shoot me a direct message on LinkedIn. I thank you so much. I'm getting a ton of those and I, I highly, highly value them. And, um, and so connect with me on LinkedIn if you haven't. And if you, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, do me two favors. If you found value in it <laughs> beyond my political ranting, uh, again, nobody's going to listen anymore. Oh, well, it's the end of the podcast. But if you did for some weird reason, if you can look past my rant, which isn't normal on politics, um, tap on that subscribe button. You'll get a new episode, um, that hopefully is better than this one, <laughs> or at least more, uh, less political in the weeks to come. Just tap on that subscribe button and do me the other favor of tell somebody about it. Post about it on social media. Mention it to your spouse, your colleague at work, your neighbor, your friend, whomever. Hey, everybody, I I hope you're healthy. I hope you're making the right decisions. Let's just quarantine ourselves for a couple of weeks, okay? Lay low. We can do that around the globe for two, three weeks. That And I know it's boring. I know there are so many pitfalls and challenges. My heart is with the small business owners right now, right? I mean, I feel for you, the restaurant owner in New York City, the uh, the small business owner anywhere, I, we are with you. I hope you can ride out the storm. I hope you survive. I, I, I know you'll survive. I hope your business survives. If it doesn't, you'll be okay. Things will be okay. But I want my number one concern right now is everyone staying healthy. So do let's all just do what's necessary, lay low, and ride this thing out. And hopefully we'll be in a much better position in two or three or four weeks. I'm thinking about you, hoping you're healthy, and hoping you're having a great week. Talk to you soon.